Hey, Pastor Ricky, I have a question. In this time of waiting, how do I know what I'm waiting for is actually for me? Well, that was a great question you sent me. And let me just say, I think that you know something is for you because it helps you. It advances where you're going. It's, it's consistent with your goals. If you're waiting for something and it's for you, it will be obvious. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord make rich and add no sorrow. I really believe that when you get the guy you're supposed to have, it will be obvious to you that this is the right guy because he contributes. When you met him, you were, you were here. And when you finish knowing him a while, you're here. He elevates you. He doesn't bring you down in your values. doesn't bring you down in your vision. He doesn't bring you down personally or morally. Uh, he's committed to you. He's honest. That's how you know he's for you. You want to know if the job is for you. The job pays you enough to, to live. The job is fulfilling and meets your needs. And so when you're waiting for something, you know it's for you because it works. You know, that's simple and plain. So look forward to look at it that way. Hey, Pastor Ricky. My name is Shayla Ashley Pierre, and I'm a junior here at Savannah State University. And my question to you today is, when do you know you've waited enough? Obviously, you spoke about, you know, is God waiting for us in the last sermon? And you also spoke about meeting him halfway and putting in the work so he can meet us halfway. But what what happens when you feel like you've worked towards a lot of things? You obviously haven't gotten them yet. You're kind of in like middle halfway up the mountain and there's just it's kind of blank it's kind of a question mark it's kind of do I keep going is it meant to be should I wait more should I put in more work like it's just like it's just so many questions so what do you recommend being in a season of doubt of just questions is it right should I wait more am I not putting enough work like what what's next you know have I waited enough or sometimes I know a lot of things are not meant to be for that moment. Um, sometimes you're in a season where, you know, you want something so bad, but it's not the right time. Maybe God has that plan for you later down the line or not planned at all. So when do you know that something is really meant for you, especially in a season where you feel like God isn't talking to you much? Because that's kind of where I am now. So hoping you can answer my question. Thank you and have a great one. What a great question. Well, first of all, let me say this. I believe that waiting is oftentimes the hardest thing we do because most of us have a time clock on God that says it should be here in five minutes. But it's not like that. There are times when, as you so eloquently said in your question, you're climbing the mountain, right? I love that. And, and you're, you think you've waited long enough. Should I keep climbing? Should I stop? Um, I just love the way that whole question was framed. But let me just say it this way. Normally what you want takes longer than you planned. Because there is a process of getting you ready for what you want. God told Israel in uh, Exodus 23, he said, basically, hey, guys, I want to give you something, but I have to give it to you in pieces. You know, he says, I, I will not give you the victory in one day because you're not prepared for it. If I give it to you in one day, you, the beast of the field will consume you. You can't even manage the animals. It will overwhelm you. So I'm going to give it to you little by little. Generally, I've learned that God gives you wealth little by little. He gives you notoriety little by little. Very few people get it instantly. Those who do get it over, overwhelming, over one night tend to not do well with it. So I think that when you wait, you know you're, you're, you're waiting for a good thing. Uh, you keep working toward it. Here's what you want to make sure. You're working toward the right thing. So let's say, for example, you want to be a doctor, but you're failing all your science classes. You're failing all your chemistry classes. 
that may be the wrong profession. If you're waiting for that to happen, you're waiting for something you're not gifted at. So I think you have to be sure that you're waiting for something that you're gifted at, waiting for something you need. And then sometimes I think I have this thing, as you go, God kind of guides you. He kind of guides you as you go, and you see things that you didn't see. I thought I wanted one thing in life, but as I waited, I saw something better. I never thought I'd be a preacher. I never thought I'd be up here talking to you. I never thought I was a preacher-teacher person, ever. So bottom line, wait. And then when you get to a point where you see it's not going to be fruitful, you see that it's not going to get you where you want to go, change directions. A good way to do that is have good mentors, counselors, and people in your life. You know, the Bible said above all that getting, get an understanding. There's wisdom in the multitude of counselors, the Bible says. So there's a lot of ways you can kind of analyze. But the, but the real test is when you wait and you see that you're climbing this mountain, it's not going to be fruitful, it's not going to work, all the people around you uh, have indicated this is not your gift or skill, then get off that mountain and find a new one. So I do believe in changing directions because I've done that more than once. So hope that helps you with that question. Hey, Pastor Ricky, I have a question. How do I deal with the anticipation or if I just feel like I've been waiting forever? I love the anticipation question. I, I do. I think it's great. There's a book called The Molecule of More. Ha! Good book. And it talks about this molecule of more is really dopamine. And they call that the anticipation molecule. It makes you want things. You ever, you ever looked at something, a donut, and say, ooh, there you go. That's that dopamine. Clicks in. I want that donut. You know, you smell it. You see that little hot sign. I mean, make me want one right now. I might go get one today. One. I might. This, this is dopamine is upon me as I speak. Uh, it makes you anticipate things. And that can be good and that can be bad. Uh, it's what, what causes addictions. People are anticipating, looking for things. But I, I think that when you're waiting for something and you've got this excitement about it, that's a good thing. I think you should be excited about that. But you want to make sure you're waiting and anticipating something good. Pornography is not a good thing to anticipate. And that's what happens, same thing. See, it's the same pleasure centers of the brain that's being affected. What you want to do is use the positive side of that. Anticipation is what you need in life to dream. I'm a big anticipator. I have a lot of dopamine all the time flying through my veins. I'm looking for that excitement, not through my veins, literally, but you understand my point, through my body. I am very, very, very um, moved by uh, dreams and ambitions, but I try to make sure they're the right ambitions, the right goals, the right things, and that's something I learn over time. Sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong, but I, I believe that if I work hard, study hard, bring the right people in my life, I'll get the right things going. So I love the book, The Molecule of More. That will help you balance out this anticipation thing a lot more. Get the book, listen to it. It's really cool. I like it a whole lot and I hope that helps you. Hi, Pastor Ricky. My name is Shayla Harris and I have a question for you. How do I know that everything that I've been waiting for in my business is going to come to me? Hey, Shayla, good to talk to you. Thank you for sending the question in today. Um, I think that your business can be successful if you make the right moves, investments, if it's your skill and talent. Sometimes you can wait for something and you're thinking it's going to come together like in a business, like you mentioned, and it's not going to come together because you have the wrong business plan, the wrong business strategy. Uh, you're not, you're not in, your, in your right vein. I, I really believe the Bible teaches a lot about gifting, that a man should abide in his own calling and his own gifting. Uh, this is my gifting. 
I need to stay in it. I don't need to try to do wrestling. I don't need to try to do, you know, superhero jumping out of plane stuff. This is my gifting. So if your business is, is um, going to be successful, it may take a while. It may take time. But I'm really practical. I try things. If it doesn't work, I try something new. I don't get stuck in one place. There is another book. You ready? You know, always a book with me, right? And it's called Blue Ocean. And in this book, it talks about how some people spend all their life swimming in the, around the sharks, you know, and there's blood in the water, and everybody's trying to get the, this one little area. And he, he said, uh, and she is a she. She said one of the challenges in the, is that you you tend to be. Um, I know there's a woman who wrote. I don't know if it's a co-author with her, but I know she, the woman, the presentation I saw was with a woman. But anyway, she the, the author of the book said this. She said that when sharks see blood, they all you know attack. And, and that's what we tend to do. We all want to be in real estate. We all want to be maybe in marketing. When in reality, the success may be in janitorial work. It may be in some other area. She says, swim out to the other parts of the ocean, the blue ocean, and do what others are not doing. You may find a niche for yourself. So start with your own business dreams. Try to make it work. If it doesn't work, open your heart to a new dream. You might be an innovator. You might be the next Bill Gates. You never know. So thank you for your question, Shayla. God bless. What's up, Pastor Ricky? It's Alonzo. Quick question for you. How do I know that my major is aligned with my purpose in life, and how long do I have to wait to know the answer to that? Alonzo, thanks for the question. Hey, listen, uh, your major is what you chose because you think that's your gift, but you may find out that it's not. Diane chose a major as my wife. She chose a major uh, in chemistry biology, but she ended up being an administrator. What biology taught her was how to think, organize, and structure her thoughts. She turned around and used that in administration and has been very successful. I don't think every time people start out like I did, I majored in theology, ended up being a pastor. That just happened to be the way it worked out. But sometimes you can pick a major, and the major may not be exactly what you're going to do, but it gets your brain working. See, the biggest key is the discipline that school teaches you, the Lesson, the lessons about critical thinking, all of that will be good for you in any kind of business. So use what you have, swim through this degree, get, get your degree, get something that you feel good about getting, and then see if you can use it in the field you want to work in. There are people who start off uh, in a master's degree, business uh, degree, and end up doing something totally different in politics. But they learn how to manage and organize, and they use it in politics. So look at your life. You'll figure it out as you go and enjoy the ride. Hey, Pastor Ricky, it's Naya. Um, I do have a quick question for you. What does wedding really teach us? You know, I've been patient, working, humble, diligent, but what does wedding really teach us? Hey, Naya, I love the question. I'll tell you what waiting teaches you. It teaches you how to wait. <laughs> it does. It teaches you how to, how to manage time. It teaches you how to manage disappointment. It teaches you how to dream beyond what you thought. Sometimes you wait for an hour, but then you learn that you can wait for five hours and not die. Uh, it, waiting has a lot of gifts it brings to you. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I think there's something profoundly great, great about waiting in terms of how it impacts your life. So I want you to not be afraid to wait, not be afraid to, you know, sit back and just ride for a while because this is going to help you be better. If you're afraid to wait, then you'll be, if you're not careful, foolish in your choices, 
because you won't give God the time to get the information to you. So you want to wait long enough. There's a story one time about a person. They came to the Lord and they said, uh, what should I do? And the Lord said, I want you to go. And they took off right away. And he said, no, 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 go tomorrow. Not now, not today. <laughs> it's not now. So time the Lord said, go, they took off. It was not now. It's tomorrow. It's next year. Uh, a lot of things I'm glad I waited on. I thought I was ready for a lot of things, but I was not. I needed more time in the oven. So waiting teaches you the value of time. It teaches you that it's okay. You won't die. And the Bible says he'll renew your strength. I hope that helped. Hey, Pastor Ricky, it's Kevante. So I have a quick question for you. Uh, what is your go-to scripture to help you boost your spirits or boost your faith in what it is that you're exactly waiting for? What is it that boosts you up when you get kind of getting discouraged in your seasons of waiting? Obviously, um, I'm very knowledgeable that I've been working hard, that I have a lot of things going for myself, and that there is more to come from God. But, um, of course, being human, you can get discouraged. So what are some of those go-to scriptures for you or your go-to scripture for you whenever you get discouraged in your seasons of waiting? Hey, Devontae, thank you for your question, sir. Listen, here's my go-to scripture for waiting. Here's when I feel like I don't want to wait another minute. It's Isaiah 40 and 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me tell you, make sure I got that right. Isaiah 40 and 31. That's right. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run, not be weary. I love that verse. I love what it says. Waiting um, is difficult, but waiting is a blessing. So that's what I go to. And I, I try to tell myself, listen, now, you know, if you don't learn to wait, you're going to get in all kind of trouble. So be careful about just rushing into things. So I hope that helps you, sir. Well, I hope you were blessed by all the answers to the questions, but there was a question that I was not asked that I want to talk about. When I was in college, and I've had more college than I ever imagined that I would have, I have more education than I ever thought I would have, and all the way from the undergrad to the doctoral level, I have learned a lot of lessons about studying school and work and being in that season of life when you have to apply yourself to a, a project like school, uh, degrees, certifications, whatever. One of the things that I've learned is the power of focus. Distractions are everywhere. And if you're not careful, what will happen to you in college, what will happen to you in life is you will lose track of what your focus is. If you are at a stage in life where you're raising kids, that's your focus. That's what you have to be clear about. If you are at a stage in life where you need to be applying yourself in school, you need to focus on that. And it's really important that you don't allow yourself to be distracted. If there's one mistake I've made in my life, it was allowing myself to be distracted, allowing myself to get off on tangents that didn't matter. Now, you'd be surprised. Uh, one of the tangents was a religious tangent. I was so focused on serving God and being so interested in serving God that I did not study like I should have studied. My undergraduate grades suffered because of it. When I was uh, so eager to learn and grow in Christ, those that were around me didn't encourage me to really be focused. They encouraged me to be faithful to God and come to church. I'm not against coming to church. I'm in church right now. Nothing wrong with church. I'm simply saying that you have to learn how to focus. If you don't focus, you won't succeed. There are a lot of people who are sincere. They love the Lord, but they never have been able to accomplish the things they set out to accomplish because they were not focused. They allowed themselves to be distracted. Another thing that got me was falling in love too quick. 
Some of you, you live all your life from one love life to another. You're in and out of love, in and out of love, in and out of love. And if you're not careful, that carries over into your adult life, carries over into your work life. You live for romance. You don't live for yourself. You live to find somebody to hook up with. And if you're not careful, that will throw you off. There were times in my life coming up in school, and, edu and, and, and it's really important for you to hear this, when I really spent too much time trying to find a girlfriend. I didn't need a girlfriend. I believe there's nothing wrong with that. If you have one, you got a boyfriend, great. God bless you. I'm simply saying the danger is you lose focus. And if you're not careful, you will hurt yourself and you won't get there. Another thing I'll say that I think got me off was trying to look fly. Now, they're all looking fly. Now, I want to look good. But if you're so focused on looking one way and not being, being a certain way, you'll look good and not be good. So I think it's important to be fly, look good. So nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having somebody in your life to love. Nothing wrong with any of that. But you can't let them throw you off. That's when you know you're out of balance. When you allow them to throw you off and you're no longer studying because you got to go out with them. They're, they're right there with you. You can't even breathe. You're acting like you're married. Why, why are you doing that? And, and, and there are things I hope you never do. I hope you never move in with people you're not married to. That's what I hope you never do. I say that in love. I don't mean any harm. Oh, please don't take that the wrong way. Please, 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 please. I'm simply saying I need you to be empowered for your life. I need you, I need you to try to put your life in, in a place. And you say, well, Pastor, that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, well, if that's what you've done and you're trying to do it, God bless you. I pray you get to where you're trying to get to. But what I've seen people do, I've seen this happen over and over again for college students. You get so in love. You move in with somebody, you start before you know it, start a family, before you know it, you're, you're off track. I understand that's not everybody's story. Some of you came out okay. God guided you through the wilderness and you got to a good place. Yay for you. Yay for you. That's okay. I'm glad it worked out for you. But here's what I'm saying to people who need to hear me today at a certain season in their life. Don't allow yourself to get so hooked up in the love pursuit that you forget, you forget your pursuit. I believe God can take moments and guide you to a good place. I do. But for some, in my life, in my life, I got too distracted with some of those pursuits, trying to make sure I was fly, trying to make sure I was in church all the time, trying to make sure that I was, you know, hooking up with the right friends. I wanted to make sure I hung out with the right, because especially in my freshman, sophomore year, I got so hooked up in some of that that my grades suffered. And I, I made it through. I passed but it wasn't at the level that I could have passed with. And so I want to say, I want you to pause for a minute and I want you to think about what you're doing with your life and your time. And I want you to think about what's, what's carrying you away. If you're not careful, you'll spend all your life moving in and out of relationships, all your life focusing on everything around you and not you. If you don't pause and look at yourself and make sure you're going in the right direction, you'll end up in the wrong direction. But I believe God cares about you. And let's say you've gone in the wrong direction. Let's say things aren't where they should be. Let's say you've done some of the things we talked about just now. You made all the mistakes I just mentioned. That's okay. He's still a God who redeems. And I'm praying for God to redeem your life and prosper you. And that as a young person, you'll, evolve, you'll grow and see God help you get through all the things we talked about. But here's the key. Wait on him. Trust him and watch him do it. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I love you. I appreciate you being with me today. I appreciate you sharing with us in these questions and answers with these young folks. And I hope that they blessed your life. Remember, we care. We bless you and pray God's blessing in your life. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who watch today. May the hand of God be with them. May the grace of God give them strength and clarity. If they've gotten off track, may they get back on track. May this be a moment of adjustment for them 
where they say, I get it now, and now I'm going to get right back where I need to be in Jesus' name. God bless you. See you next time with me, Pastor Rick. We've got a new study coming up you don't want to miss. Sometimes you can't change things. Sometimes in life you can't fix things. What do you do when you can't fix it? When something comes into your life and it's unfixable, what do you do? Have you dealt with people that refuse to change? They refuse to change. They will not change at all, no matter what you say. How do you deal with them? And I want to show you a list of four things that I think people get locked into. You're fighting a fight that's not your fight, and it's distracting your life. So that's going to start next week, so don't miss it. I'll see you then. You have a blessed day. God bless you. See you next time. And let me tell you this to you. If you heard this message, it blessed you, you liked it, link it and send it to a friend. And if you don't know Christ and you say, Pastor, I need to start my life with Jesus, let this be the moment that you say, Jesus, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life from this day forward. And may this be the beginning of your new walk with God. Let this be that day. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.